Shalom Aleichem. This is a summary on the first sikh of Parshas Balak. Balak, look at the sikhes, Chelek Yud Gimel. This is a Rashi sikha, an unbelievable Rashi sikha of the Rebbe. Absolutely brilliant. And as is customary on this channel of a summary, we will not be going into the Rashi per se. We're going to be looking at the psukim themselves and reading the psukim as they come out based on the talk of the Rebbe. And what we're learning about is that Bilam is trying to curse the Jewish people. He's hired to curse the Jewish people. He's a prophet. And each time he comes, Hashem puts these unbelievable blessings into his mouth. And we are holding the third time this occurs. And this time he's trying something different. He doesn't want to bless the Jewish people. He hates the Jewish people. He wants to curse the Jewish people. And the Pasuk says in the beginning of Perech of Dalid, He didn't go as he did the other, the previous times towards divination and so on. And rather, what did he try doing? Agrashi explains, he decided I'm going to mention their sins and the curse will take up effect upon the mention of their sins. I'm going to focus on their sins. He tried focusing on the sin of the golden calf. He's trying to focus his spiritual energy on the sin of the Jewish people and thereby allow for a curse to come down upon the Jewish people. And then it says, he lifted up his eyes, saw the encampment of Israel, dwelling according to its tribes, and the Spirit of God came on him. Which, of course, implies two things. First of all, it implies that him seeing the Jewish people had caused, somehow affected the Spirit of God to come on him. That would be the simple implication of the Pasuk. This is one verse, one Pasuk. And another implication that we see in this Pasuk is because Rashi had already taught us from previous occasions that Hashem only appeared to Bilam in a very negative way. But over here, he uses very strong and positive terms. The Spirit of God rested on him. And somehow it seems to be connected with how he looked at the Jewish people. He lifted up his eyes and he saw them dwelling according to its tribes. Rashi explains, indeed, it was something very special. And he saw it and a thought entered his mind that maybe he should be blessing the Jewish people. One positive thought came into his mind. Something positive, something meaningful, something real. And that was enough for the Spirit of God to be able to rest and for a blessing to ensue. What did he see? So all it says is that he saw them dwelling, Israel dwelling according to its tribes. And what it means is, like Rashi explains, he saw how each tribe was dwelling unto itself. They weren't intermingled. The tribes maintained their individual identity, which of course brings out how modest and how special the Jewish people were, especially in such a decadent world as it was in the olden days, that everyone knew who their father was. Everyone, people weren't married, wouldn't have children out of wedlock. It was very spiritual, very high level that the Jewish people were in, that everyone knew who their tribe was and the tribes were separated uh, into their, uh, able to be separated into their tribes and, uh, and yet be such a united and beautiful people. However, if that would have been the only intent of the Pasuk, it could have said that it dwelled according to it, to L'Shvatim, to, to, to the Shvatim. It says to it Shvatim. In other words, it seems to imply that within each tribe itself, he saw something special. And that's where it actually adds a second point, 
that he saw that the entrances of the tents were not aligned opposite each other so that people wouldn't peer into the tent of their friend. In other words, they kept modesty within the encampment that the doorways shouldn't face each other. And, uh, and that's what he saw. Now the spirit of God comes on him. And we're told in Pasuk a very famous Pasuk, How good are your tents, O Jacob, O Yaakov, your dwelling places, O Israel. That's how seemingly how I would translate it. Now, what exactly is this Pasuk? So in the simple Pshutish Mikra of a text, this is actually not a prophecy. This is, this is a statement. This is a proclamation. Uh, this is a person who's very excited. Wow, this is unbelievable. How amazing are you, Yaakov? And then the next Pasuk starts with a prophecy. Right? You'll be spread out like, uh, you'll go out like a stream and so on. But here, this is a, this is a um, exclamation that the person is making. How great is your tent, Israel? What is it referring to? So now this makes perfect sense, says Rashi, because this goes on what we said earlier. This explains what it meant before. He's saying, why am I blessing you, not cursing you? Because I have wonderful thoughts about you. How great are your tents, O Yaakov? What it means by the tents are that the tents are not facing each other. The doorways that people shouldn't be able to look into each other's entranceways. And Mishkin Secha. So typically throughout the Torah, Mishkin Secha could easily mean your dwelling places. But that would mean the same thing. And that's not what Rashi as your tents. And that's not in, in our context. Even though the word Mishkin Secha could mean a more permanent structure. But it wouldn't fit with what Rashi, with what the Pasuk is trying to say. Somehow this he's seeing this and he's exclaiming and saying that he's excited. And this is a reason to bless the Jewish people. So it's actually going on what we said before, Mishkan Yisecha, based on the Unklis, on the translation of Unklis, um, would be going on their encampments, in their encampments. In other words, the fact that, that each tribe is encamped separately from each other. This is what he is referring to. Now, this is not enough to, Rashi decides that this is, of course, the primary pshat, and it works very well with the context. He, he has two major problems with, it, with this approach. One of them is the word Mishkan Osecha means your dwelling places, literally. It's not typically found to go on encampments, to say your encampments. It's, so this is not like an inherent issue. This is not a major problem, but we don't find it used that way. So he'd rather come up with another explanation for that. Additionally, the primary greatness of the Jewish people in terms of modesty is that the tribes, everyone knows which tribe they belong to. That's more of a spectacular accomplishment than not looking into each other's doorways, windows, tents. So seemingly it should have been the other order. It should have said, how great are your Mishkanei Secha Yisrael, your encampments, and then how great are your tents. So therefore Rashi brings us a different way from our sages that you could translate this Pasuk, that again, it's going on an exclamation of excitement. And what would what is this exclamation? Ayalecha Yaakov is going on the temples. That the temple it's called Ayal Shiloi for 369 years in Israel when they arrived in Israel. It stood in the city of Shiloh. Um, and it was a tent because it was built with stone, but it was covered with uh, with with a covering over the hides of animal, the same thing that they had in the tabernacle. So that was a tent. And tents, so it's going on the temple and it's going on the on, the, on Mishkan Shiloi. So he's saying how amazing the temple is that they were able to bring sacrifices and be forgiven for their sins. In other words, 
He was looking to bring a downfall of the Jewish people by trying to mention their sin and discover their weak points. But he's saying the Jews don't have weak points because they have a temple, and their temple allows them to bring sacrifices and deals with the sin. But then you're going to ask, that only deals with inadvertent sins, and it doesn't deal with the most severe, terrible sins that Jews do. And those you need to do tshuva, those have nothing to do with the sacrifices in the temple. So he continues, Mishkan Eisecha Yisrael. And Rashi already gave this translation in the end of the book of Shemais, that the word mashkain in Hebrew means a collateral. And it says in the Tanakh, essentially, this idea that Hashem says that he destroys the temple as a collateral from the Jewish people. And instead of destroying the Jewish people, he destroys the temple and sends them into exile. And this is, and he's planning to return it to the Jewish people in the right time. That's why it's called a collateral. But it says in the verse that Hashem says that I've completed all of my anger against the walls of the temple. And which means something amazing, that all the sins of the Jewish people, going all the way back, Hashem says, I've completed my anger against the temples. So that's what it's saying, Mishkanei Secha Yisrael. These sa- those same temples, when they are destroyed, they serve as an atonement, a complete atonement for all of the sins of the Jewish people. And therefore, the uh, bracha, Balak, uh, Bilam felt that he's able to bless the Jewish people. The problem with this is this is much more difficult than the previous way of learning because, first of all, to refer to the eternal house of God, which is holy to this day as a tent, very difficult words. Ohalecha, you call that a tent? Very difficult to call that a tent. And uh, also to refer to the first temple, the one that stood for 369 years in Shiloh as a mashkin, as a collateral, is also difficult because it's not going to be returned to us. The temple is going to be returned to us, the, the eternal temple. Um, But the temporary home of God, which was pre-temple era, is not going to be returned. Um, So being that this is a much more difficult pshat, Rashi only brought it second. The lesson from this is, is that if you think about it, the main thrust, the main pshat, the main translation of this pasuk as Rashi brought, the first one, in the end of the day, what is the first praise that he mentions, that Bilam mentions to praise the Jewish people, is that they don't look into each other's tents. And what that tells us is, the power of being modest, and that even something small like that, that you don't look into your neighbor's window, you never look where you're not supposed to be looking, You everyone protects each other's privacy, is enough to transform a curse into a blessing and to be a source of blessing. And even in a time like the summer when you're going on a vacation or you're going to the summer house, it's temporary. It's only a tent. Even in the time where it's only a tent, to stay in the most modest way. This brings down all the blessings of Hashem on our lives as it did in the desert with Bilam.